0: You're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. if I had talked to you at all in the past couple of weeks, I'd was so excited because Emma Totalo, a good friend of ours and also on our board, um, was supposed to be scheduled to speak tonight, but she is a bit under the weather, so we were praying for her. She's not speaking tonight, but um, please keep her in your prayers, and as soon as she recovers, she'll be with us, and she'll be speaking um, with us. But instead, Chris and I are going to be doing an interactive uh, Bible study with you all tonight on Lydia. Um, and as Chris comes up to open us up with that, I'd like to just lead us into a time of prayer. So God of wilderness and water, be with our friend Emma as she recovers mind, body, and soul. And we also know that your son was baptized and tempted as we are presently. Guide us through this season led by women of the Bible, that we may not avoid struggle, but open ourselves to blessing through the cleansing depths of repentance and the heaven-rendering words of the
1: Spirit. Amen. 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 So we're doing what they call in the business, punting. All right, so we're going we're gonna to make this work. There's this um, really cool resource we're going to share with you as well. Uh, it's a, I guess you could say it's like a reflection, devotional, Bible study, education tool that Fuller Seminary put out their Depree Center, and they essentially blend life and leadership. This thing is called, uh, She Is Biblical Reflections on Vocation, and it's highlighting specific women, because it's Women History Month, as we've talked about. So they're gonna look at Lydia, who we're gonna look at today, so you can kind of get an idea of what's going on in this. Miriam, Esther, the Proverbs 31 woman. Junia, who we talked about last week. Mary, Anna, Abigail, and Ruth. And because it is Women's History Month this March, it's free to download. So you can go to our Instagram, and I think it's just in the bio in the link tree there. Tap that, and it's like it's a, it's a pretty snazzy resource, uh, actually. So you can find out if you think it's meaningful, but if you wanna dive into to some of these women yourself, you can definitely do that. We're gonna look again at Lydia today. And, and we, chose, we chose Lydia for a few reasons. Um, we, we had a day to decide, and so we decided on Lydia, and we didn't decide on Lydia because she was first in um, this list. We, we decided that uh, the author was unique. Her name is uh, Ines Velasquez McBride, and she's a pastor and preacher, a reconciler and a speaker, but she uh, co-leads a church in Southern California called The Church We Hope For, which is intentionally working to be a multi-ethnic church, men and women leading together. So she leads with a, a, a man, I believe his name is Bobby, and they started their church about the same time Kaleo started. So there's like some overlaps uh, there. I've personally kind of followed her journey and followed her lead a little bit, and then turned out she was the one who wrote the, the Lydia study. So we were like, all right, let's do that. Let's read her words. So again, because for the first two Sundays of Women of the Bible, I've been speaking. We're like, we got to get some women voices in here. And so we're going we're gonna to have an S uh, lead us, I guess, if you will. And then there's some reflection questions, and we'll kind of guide some mini discussion amongst ourselves and share a little bit uh, in the Kaleo-esque way that we do things. Okay? Sound all right? Okay. All right, so Aaron's going to come up here, and she's going to read the passage from Acts 16:6 6 through 15, that we, where we meet Lydia. Then I'll read the reflection that Ines wrote, and then I'll direct us from there.
0: All right, and it'll also be on the screen if you want to follow. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, when they had come opposite Messiah, They attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Messiah, they went down to Tros. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Tros and took a straight course to Semithras and following the day to, ne- to Neapolis and, there, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira Thyatira, and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us.
1: Sweet. Good job reading all of those weird towns. I know, right? Okay, Lydia, an innovative woman. When I think of Lydia in Acts 16 6 through 15, I often picture her as a hardworking Nicaraguan woman. Driving with my parents through the Nicaraguan countryside as a little girl, I would often take in the sights and sounds of my tropical country out my window. A typical vignette that captured my attention was the sweat on the brow of the women washing clothes by the river. They bent over the hot, flat river stones, scrubbing clothes with vigorous strength under the merciless sun that baked their skin. It was hard and holy work. My grandmother would tell stories of her own entrepreneurship deep in the mountains of Nicaragua. She was no stranger to washing clothes for rich people, ironing and doing seamstress work in order to make ends meet. Eventually, she migrated to the capital city, Managua, and with her three children and rooted herself in a church. As a single mom, she envisioned, with creative and innovative imagination, a ministry that was birthed with one single sewing machine. She taught sewing skills to other women so that they could sustain their families by crafting clothes for home use or for sale. I sat in the church classroom and listened to the laughter the battle stories, and the dignity found in learning how to take broken pieces of fabric and stitch them into something beautiful. My grandmother made sure that prayers empowered and that work liberated them in more ways than one. Doña Sarita was a pillar of prayer and a well of wisdom well-respected in the leadership of our faith community. During Paul's second missionary journey, he and Silas find themselves led by the wind and waves of a wild spirit. Twice they are kept from their plans and rerouted in a different direction. While in Troas, Paul had a vision of a man begging him to come to Macedonia and help them. However, after the long journey by sea, they arrive at Philippi and find no such man, It is Paul's custom to first enter the local synagogue to bring the good news of the gospel. In the apparent absence of such a place of worship on the Sabbath day, he and Silas instead make their way outside the gate of the metropolitan city in this Roman colony. By the river, supposing there might be a place of prayer, they find Lydia, a businesswoman and dealer in purple cloth who is also a God-worshipper. She seems not the least bothered by the fact that there is no synagogue. Instead, a river visited by dedicated women becomes the center for the flow of prayer and the power of God. She listens to what Paul says, and the Lord leads her to open her heart to the message of good news. She and her whole household become baptized. She prevails upon the missionaries and urges them, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. Have you ever stopped to ponder why the man have you ever stopped to ponder about the man in the original dream Paul may not have been expecting Lydia yet she was the one God chose to usher in the fullness of the kingdom into Philippi God had gone ahead and was already working in Lydia and the group of women by the river where they gathered to worship and pray Paul's original vision may have been unclear but it was never uncertain as the Spirit led the way. Lydia throws open the doors of her home with radical hospitality, and she creates a center of operations for this missionary enterprise. In her determination, she invites herself into the mission without asking for permission. She partners with Paul and Silas, and no doubt, these weary travelers enjoy the faithfulness of this new believer who repurposes her possessions to serve the purposes of God. She stands in the company of many women throughout the Bible who lead inside and outside of their home and in the marketplace, much like the female disciples of Jesus who funded and bankrolled his movement in Luke 8.3. Later, after being released from the Philippian prison, Paul and Silas returned to Lydia's home to see and encourage the sisters and brothers before departing and going on their way. That's in Acts 16. What captivates me in this story is the gospel intersection in the places of work and worship between spaces of economic and spiritual power. Like a Nicaraguan woman washing by the river or my grandmother with one single sewing machine, these small economies don't seem to stand a chance against bigger corporate enterprises. Nevertheless, all these women are not the least lacking in economic agency and innovation that eventually fund the kingdom mission." In the ways of the kingdom, work and worship are creatively interconnected, and power is reorganized from the least expected. The Philippian church partners with Paul's gospel mission throughout the years. Eventually, Paul would pen a thank you letter to thank them for the financial gifts of what became one of the most supportive churches. The Philippian church was birthed with the work of prayer by the river. Women worked as they prayed and prayed as they worked. Lydia's marketplace leadership, partnership in the gospel and faith were intricately connected to the liberating mission being carried out by Paul. No doubt her innovation and determination were an anchor for Paul's beloved Philippian church. She always was the woman in God's dream and vision to build up God's church. Meet Lydia. Cool story. I love the way she weaves in her own experiences, the way she sees the world and, and where she's come from to tell us the story of Lydia. So now what she does is she offers us three questions for reflection. I'm gonna pose the first one here in a moment and I'll just say grab a few people around you and for the next couple minutes, do your best to answer the question or dialogue around it. Uh, then Aaron will come up and we'll share if there's something really cool that the spirit stirs in your conversation if you're like nothing cool and not sharing that's okay too and then we'll move through the questions together before we get back to singing sound like we can handle that okay what i'm going to do first i'm going to pray and then i'm going to read us a question father son and holy spirit we just ask that you would help us dialogue about you i pray that we would encounter you in the story of lydia that we would learn to see the ways in which you move between the places we worship and work. And you too would help us depend upon you, but also enter into spaces where you are on the move. Would we listen to your spirit as Paul and Silas do? And would we go where you would have us to go? Stir our conversations, stir our hearts, and draw us together as your church. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so the author, s, she helps us see a link between worship and work. That's the connection she's making. So the first question, in what ways does your own work feel like worship to God? In what ways does your own work feel like worship to God? Whatever that might be, whatever, how you would ever you define your work, what ways does that feel like worship to God? Grab a couple people around you uh, And talk away.
0: It's time to hear from you guys. It's time to hear. Was there anything meaningful that came up for you in your your small group discussion that you'd like to share? Chris will be around. Anything meaningful? Okay. All right,
2: <laughs> thanks
0: hi, hi
2: everyone um, <laughs> i'm Daniela. We met new friends Taylor and Andrew, and this is my husband Trey. Um, so I actually just wanted to share kind of a brief synopsis of each person's story. Um, these two are both in law school um, and Taylor works um, oh gosh you're going to do a better job at sorry okay no she works in um, in museums um, and
0: <laughs> she's like you just say it yourself how about that <laughs> so, sorry. I I no, you're fine. Um, so hi everyone I'm Taylor I uh, work in museum content um, right now um, so basically I gather together the stories of marginalized people um, and help to tell those in museums that are trying to get their stuff together um, yeah I think that's like a quick yeah, synopsis that's
2: cool. <laughs> um, and then Andrew uh, works in silver rights um in civil rights, specifically in um, how the people in jails are uh, treated uh, properly or improperly by medical professionals. Um, and so that's Yeah, a whole room of people it's in so law, let's cool. go. <laughs> it's so cool, it's so cool. Um, and then my favorite thing about what, what Trey shared um, was, he works in both music and coffee, and music's correlation is, you know, worship, and anything that he creates is worship to God, but in coffee, he was describing how he gets to create something for somebody, and as he passes the cup to somebody, it shares, um, that they're valuable, and that he has made something special for them, and so that's been really sweet, um, (laughs) and I work as a nurse, um, but my favorite thing that I shared is that I recently became Trey's wife. And um, it's, a, it's a humble act of worship to learn how to be Trey's wife. And that's it. Thanks. Amen and amen.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing for real. That's great. I feel like we got a little preview, too, of people that we do that are here in our community as well. So that's really cool. Anybody else? Maybe one more that wants to share something meaningful that came up for you in small group discussion.
4: just to kind of briefly talk about what all four of us were discussing it. We were just talking about it in our workplaces, how we kind of allow it, it, Like, that's what the question is about. How do you f- uh, feel like uh, your work is worship to God? And Donnie was talking about being in the position of a manager. Um, uh, he was talking about being uh, in the in, in flux because sometimes he's above people and sometimes people, he has to take direction. Um, my mother was talking about, you know, kind of really making sure that she has a consistent circle of people that pour into her in Christ so she can then do that because she works with the homeless a lot. And then for me, it's just learning how to um, uh, treat people with no respect of persons just like Christ did. And that's really what we all kind of talked about in general. That was the core of how we allow ourselves to worship while we're at work is we really try to treat people with the love that Jesus that's right. That's what he said. He'd be the hands and feet that reach other, other people. And just like he was saying, passing that cup, right? Bringing that value to somebody else. So that's what we kind of discussed too. That's right. <laughs> By Jesus. That. And
0: that's the most important thing, you know, because we mess up. You, you don't need Chris and I. You guys are the preachers right here. <laughs> that's great. Awesome. Well, we're going to take another few minutes and talk about question two, which will be on the screens. And it reads this. This reflection gives us models of women who innovate. Can you name women in your own life who have chartered their own course and been innovative in their work? Are there ways that God is asking you to lean into innovation and innovative posture in your own work? So that question's up on the screen. Go back into your small groups and see what comes up for you. We'll be back in a couple minutes. All right. As we close up question two, I want to give you guys an opportunity. Anything meaningful that came up for you that you'd like to share? The floor is open. Here we go.
3: Hello. I don't want to keep everything in this corner, but um, I have a friend in Nashville named Amber. Amber. Um, she is black, and she makes, like, synth pop music, like, very, like, bright, Um, a genre that is, like, normally taken up by white men, like, 100%, and so she is, like, had this conversation hundreds of times with people saying, no, I'm not R&B. You can't label that on me. You can't put me in this gospel genre. You can't just, like, because of the color of my skin, put me into something that I'm not. She's, like, I'm, like, paving the way in this Um, innovating this new genre um, for me and for my people and um, you can make space for me like it's you can do that and she's amazing yeah she's super cool super strong so yeah amber ace um so she just came out with a new song two days ago called ordinary so support her she's on instagram and all that good stuff so
0: that's awesome
3: that's awesome thanks
0: maybe one more Well, you could say something about Tina if she doesn't want to share maybe something she said that was meaningful to you <laughs> without forcing Tina to share if she doesn't want. oh okay, go for it
5: i i I'm sorry I didn't hear very well but but i was J, jay wants to talk too, but what i <laughs> what I will say um. One of the, and I have some remarkable women in my life, but one of them would have to be my mom. She was FOB, fresh off the boat, from the Philippines. Um, and she only told me like her origin story, like maybe a year ago. Um, she was born outside of a city, like in the village, in the mountains in the Philippines. In the southern part of the Philippines, the, like more impoverished, they're darker skinned, you know, they were colonized by Muslims at some point. but. Um, she made her way from Mindanao Philippines all the way to Glendale Arizona by way of um, posturing herself as a male order bride of which I am a product but she made it here and and I'm so thankful that she saved herself and she did not get pregnant in the Philippines because I made it here like <laughs> praise God that um, and it was just her decision, at her mercy and, and, and her wisdom, at a young, a young um, age to say, you know what, I'm going to save myself. I'm going to go to America, and she's educated. She's she's doing doing well for herself, and she you know sends money back to the field. She's just, to me, I, I was saying she's a walking miracle. So.
0: That's awesome.
5: Um, since I'm forced to talk. um, When my mind was running, I was thinking of my mom, personally, just because, just like she said, her mom, she is a walking miracle, 100%. um, Had kids really young and made her life from nothing, you know, nothing to everything. And, like, I look up to her for everything, and everything I do is to make her proud because she has really just made life beautiful for us.
0: That's really special. Thank you for sharing that. Awesome, well, we have one more question, but this is gonna be a a reflecting question that we just want you to reflect on while we sing our last song. So band, you guys can come up. um, And as they begin to play and to sing, I'd like for all of us to reflect on this third question. Ines mentions that Paul and Silas are led by the Spirit and kept from their plans. Their change, of course, leads them to Lydia. So can you name of a time when you were planning one thing and God led you towards something different? Or maybe even think of your life presently. Maybe you have a plan and reflect on, Lord, are you inviting me to change course or change direction That is the question we want to reflect on together as we sing this last song.
6: Oh Oh uh-huh.
0: Before we close tonight, um, Bertan's actually going to share something with us um, before we dismiss. Go ahead.
4: Thank you, you, Chris, Aaron. I really appreciate you guys for giving me the space to be able to to share some information with you guys. Um, There is a young man by the name of Daniel Robinson, and he's been missing since June 23rd, uh, 2021, okay? We're almost coming on a year since he's been gone. He's 23 years old, he's a geologist. I believe he graduated from ASU, he's from South Carolina. And they found his car in Buckeye, Arizona Um, on that date. um, All of his belongings were in the car. They haven't seen him um, since. Uh, June 23rd of 2021, last year. There's a $10,000 reward to find him. If you've heard anything, please feel free to find him on, uh, find uh, information to share it or DM them on their social media platforms. He has an Instagram page. Um, He has a Twitter, which is please help find four. And then the Instagram page is please help find Daniel. There's also a tip line and I have flyers here. This could be anybody's son. I have a brother that looks just like him. And he's only about five years older than him and i would be ripping this state apart if this was my brother so i would just just in your prayers remember daniel robinson his father's here all the way from south carolina looking for his baby boy this is the youngest of four he has four children and yes um when you look at the flyer he is missing a hand but one thing about daniel is he never let that stop him in his actual life he still accomplished so much and this is somebody's baby somebody's brother. So if you, again, if you hear any information or know of anyone that has heard anything about Daniel Robinson, his whereabouts, or anything, please feel free to talk to me. I've given flyers and information to both Chris and Aaron, and hopefully we can post something on Kaleo Phoenix just to help the family. I really appreciate you guys. Um, Please feel free to grab a flyer, and we're doing everything that we can to bring Daniel home. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Breton. Um, that is another way that we can love our neighbors well by loving people that are missing as if they were missing in our own lives. So we, we stand with them. Um, until we see you again, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleoPHX.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.